Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right, Marketeers, thank you so much for joining me. Today I have on Unika Walcott. She has a passion for winning and teaching others to win in life. Realizing that she is more than her job title has been a transformative experience. This experience ignited the passion which drives her to create the LinkedIn Live series and podcast, Career Conversations. Each episode is a peek into the lives of professionals of all ages and a wide variety of careers, including marketers, morticians, recruiters, and mariners, for example. Unika is a mentor to young professionals inside and outside of the industry. She's a proud alumni of Georgia State University, holding a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism with a focus in public relations. She approaches everything with her three ingredients for success, resilience, reading, and relationships. These are her cultural inheritances. Welcome, Unika. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so used to saying welcome because I'm usually like on the other side. So this is a, a cool shift. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I wish we could actually just spend this entire episode picking apart your bio because <laughs> there, there's so much cool stuff in there. However, <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny you say that because that's so much anxiety about writing this bio. I like dragged it to the last minute against you because I was like, I don't, is this the story I want to, I don't know. <laughs> Back and forth in my head and you were like, give it to me. And I was like, yep, just whatever it is, it's going to be there. <laughs> here it is. Very cool. Well, I brought you on here today to talk about career conversations because I think it's really fascinating what you've done. So before we get into it, I am curious how you got started in this industry. What's your story? Okay. So I was in the mortgage industry and realized I wasn't using any of the skills that I, I loved and had spent a good time honing in undergrad. So, you know, my husband and I were dating long distance. He said, Hey, there's a job opportunity here. It's eight week contract position. I packed my bags and moved from Atlanta and my full-time job to take the eight week contract gig and the rest is history. <laughs> and so like a lot of people, I kind of just, you know, fell into the industry it was not anything intentional. Very good. So with career conversations, what prompted you to start it? Hmm. I would say probably part like pandemic boredom and like being trapped in the house, but also just yeah. like really needing like a creative outlet and also thinking about my own experiences in my career journey and how I really wished I had the, the village of mentors and people to help me navigate, not just like workspace or work-life balance, but like just really developing an identity and sense of self-worth outside of a job title. I remember graduating college and high school and kind of everyone gives you this prescriptive way of like, okay, so you, you know, you go to high school, you go to college, you get a job, you have a family, like this is what success means. And so I found myself trying to follow that pattern. This is how, how things work and being really miserable. <laughs> Yeah. And so, you know, really just being honest with myself, I said, 
what would I have done differently? And I was like, well, it's not enough for me to say what I've done differently. I'm not like everybody else and everybody's not like me, but perhaps with career conversations, I can find people that people identify with so they can find the right road for them. Totally. Oh gosh. I feel that so much. <laughs> I, I had started college as pre-med and when I decided not to do that, I had like a pre-quarter life crisis where it was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with medicine, you're like, you know, that you have to get into med school, then do a residency and then yeah. you, you can practice. It's like a very clear path. But when you switch out of that, it's like, what do I do now? So that makes I, perfect sense. Like if you're pre-med, you, like you said, there, there's prescriptive next steps of what to do. But if you switch out, then it's like, you're unless lost. you're, yeah, unless you're like deciding, you know, the ship is to law school or some other very standard practice and approach to three. You don't, you don't know. Exactly. That's very stressful. You know, my sister's in, in college now. She, she's taking a scenic route as, as we like to joke, but she was like, I don't know what to do next. And that's like, that's a perfectly normal feeling. And I wish more people talked to, to young professionals and, and people that are transitioning out of high school and college about what that feels like, not right. just knowing what to do, but like how to manage that big feeling. I remember finishing college and we're still mid the last recession and going, oh my God, what am I going to do? Oh my God, what am I going to do? I got to pay rent. I got all these bills. And instinctively, my first thought was like, well, I could just go to grad school. And I watched a lot of my counterparts just go to grad school, get their master's degree. And, and I talked to my mentors and community of people I had at the time and, and did a lot of reading because that was really my biggest source in a lot of ways. HBR and all the different business journals and things about, okay, what's the best way to kind of start your career? And based on that assessment, I realized that grad school for me would have been a mistake, not just financially, but also mentally and emotionally would have been a mistake. And so I, I spent years battling with the internal decision of like, should I go now? Should I go now? Especially when like the day-to-day -day job got hard and super stressful and you're you know, still not making enough and trying to just find a way. And it's like, well, this degree isn't going to save you. The first one didn't. <laughs> right. And so without an actual plan in a network, how far can you really go? So I decided once I found out about SMPS and the CPSM, probably one of the best things I ever learned about. I remember the, the old, at this point it was old even when I saw it, but it was like the old little infographic that SMPS has um, that talks about like the, the typical earnings and, you know, the benefits of getting your CPSM. I saw that like probably that first year when I joined AEC. So this is like 2014 or so, maybe 2015. Mm -hmm. And I remember going, oh, you know, well, this will get me financially where I need to be. Because that was the, the real pain I was trying to solve was like, how do you pay rent off this money? Yeah. <laughs> or afford the vacation or just like, you know, the basic things. And so for me, going to get a master's degree and potentially getting in even more debt was was not a viable solution. So learning that CPSM would, would enhance my uh, earning potential and just the opportunities that I could have in the industry, I was like, this is going to be, in my mind, the equivalent of my master's degree. Like, not to say that those are the same things in terms of process, but I was like, okay. in terms of advancing my skill set and myself professionally, this is the route I'm going to go. I was like, I could probably spend, you know, another thirty or forty, fifty thousand $50,000 on a master's degree, have still no more experience to show for it, and probably right. make the same amount of money. Um, yeah. So I, I rolled the dice and went with CPS, and, and I'm glad I did. Yeah. <laughs> so then in career conversations, mm -hmm. you interview people from, it looks like a bunch of other professions. How does your story 
sort of compare to everyone else's? Like, do you see similarities or do you see major paths where people sort of diverge? People take all kinds of routes. I've talked to so many fascinating people. In fact, my first interview was pretty funny and exciting and insightful. It was a professional mariner. Her name is Raina Barnes. She's a, a Black woman who's okay. a mariner. And I say that to say, like, we got into conversations about getting on the ship and making sure she had the right hair care products. That wasn't something that a mentor or some you know, what have necessarily yeah. thought to mention, but those are things that are a part of her life. She's going to be on a ship months at a time. Do I have all the things I need? So like, that was fun, but not to like reduce it just to, to identity in that way. Like she talked about the fact that she's from New York and she had never been on a boat before. And she went off to school to study all of this and they put her on a boat for like 60 days. And she like, you know, had the, a bit of a freak out when she first got on. And I was like, who would think that you would choose a career where you literally live on a boat for months at a time and have never been on a boat? And that's not a negative, but it's just to say, like, she had the opportunity to be exposed to some, you know, sort of profession that she maybe never thought of in her mind and had the audacity to try it. And I like that about her because I, I want more people to go, you know, just because I'm the first or the only or it's never been done doesn't mean I can't. And we talked and that was a little over a year ago. And since then, she's gone on to be a professor at a college in New York teaching some of the stuff that she actually does professionally. So that's that's been an exciting journey to watch unfold. Another person I talked to I thought was really, really interesting. It's kind of industry adjacent. Sylvester Placide, he works as a communications manager at NASA. And I thought that was exciting because a lot of times people think, oh, if you work at NASA, you have to be a scientist or an engineer. And so that was to me a great data point for people who go, I want a, a career that's fun and exciting, but I'm not really a math person or however they perceive themselves. That there's opportunity to still be in the, those spaces, just the same way we work with engineers and environmental scientists and historians and architects and our construction managers like in our industry. Like there's no limit. To what you can do even if you've got a communications background or a fine arts degree or something of that nature like it's not as limiting as people like to think so I've had those conversations I think the other one for I guess to round it out with three solid examples um I thought was a pretty fascinating interview was talk to a Google recruiter okay and she actually talked about her experience going to college and realizing like college was not for her like it just it didn't mm -hmm. work out she went took some time off went back and her parents are kind of just like, look, you know, clearly this is not working out. What is your plan? So flash forward, working her way through her career, getting opportunities at Google as a contract employee and eventually getting brought on permanently. She loves it there. And I think that the thing that stood out to me most in that interview is how much she loved it and how much she said it felt like family there. And simultaneously, when this interview was published, because I was still doing the shows live on Saturday, said the headlines were all about Google mishandling Timnit Gabru and her advice and how she really did feel welcomed as a woman of color. So I just thought that was really like an interesting sort of dynamic to say, you can read the headlines and think like the, the world is crumbling in this place, but then there's someone here that's having a very positive experience. Someone who's talking about the fact they've literally been able to cry on the shoulders of their coworkers. And so for me, like the show is an opportunity for people to widen their view about the companies that they can join, about the career opportunities and the gambles that they can take and how they can pay off. Like that there's no absolutely perfect or right way to, to be successful. Right. I love that. And that sort of seems to me what career conversations really centers around. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that, that's very much it. And for people to like learn to see people as fellow human beings, I feel like we've, we've gotten to a place where things are so polarized. They're like, oh, you're a Democrat. You're an idiot. You're a Republican. You're an idiot. It's like, right. no, no, that's, that's not helpful. <laughs> right. Like, 
Like we've got a problem we need to solve and, you know, boiling things down to name calling and, and diehard affiliation is not the way to solve it. Nope. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> and so that that's the other reason like I like the show and doing the show because it's an opportunity to humanize people beyond whatever it is, the affiliation with the company, oh, your company competes against my company or whatever separative sort of ideology we want to engage in. I, I like to be able to bring it back to like, we are all human beings. We're all having a lot of the very similar lived experiences. Some of us are facing disappointment and stress in our jobs. Some of us are trying to figure out how to manage laundry and husbands and spouses and just all of the things like and so I, I talk about that. So sometimes, you know, people go, oh, I thought we we're talking about my career. But yeah, we'll also talk about the fact that your cat is roaming around in the background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like during, you know, during the interview or about how you might miss your mother's home cooking because, you know, she's in another country and you're here working. Like yeah. that's the stuff I want to talk about because those are the pieces of like our coworkers that we miss when we're yeah. all about. Let me make sure this deadline is met. Like you, you've got to remember that we work with humans, like in the check-in on people. I mean, there's a crisis every day. So, I mean, I imagine the check-in in might be exhausting at this point, but, <laughs> but at the but same time, time it's necessary. Yes. And, and that's where, you know, where I think that it's important to, to be clear about boundaries with people sometimes too, because it's one thing to offer lip service to check in with somebody so that you actually be willing to sit with them in their grief yeah and so you you've got to be mindful of like kind of how you check in with people I think and sometimes people take that as you know oh well, they don't want me to care about them it's like some people just grieve differently sure uh, you know and that that's that's been a, an interesting conversation to unpack recently folks are like well you know you look happy and everything was great on Instagram or whatever but I talked to you and this is happening it's like I remind folks like social media is social media. Like it's like the newspaper, like we're not going to front page every piece of our lives Mm-mm. for everybody to know. And we don't owe people that like, we not just don't, no. you know, but, but I think that, that people, especially people that were raised with social media from the time they got a phone in their hands or access to the internet, like that's been a part of their culture. I think sometimes it's easy to forget or even as someone older to, to feel the pressure that that's the best way to, to gain attention and notoriety or, or influence or whatever people are after. And I'm like, none of us worth their mental health. Right. Well, that brings me sort of, that's a nice segue as to why you decided to use LinkedIn Live as your platform, as opposed to a traditional podcast format. I think it was a really unique decision that you've made there. Well, for me, like LinkedIn Live, I, I kept seeing this tool. I feel like I've got this really good background in media, having studied journalism and a bunch of different experiences on camera. I wanted to make use of those skills, but also I think that it's so different when you can see people. Like there's something that gets lost in communication with audio that you can't get without the video. Sure. And so I've, of course, I've got the podcast format and the audio only format. Some people have given me feedback and said, hey, it'd be really helpful if I could just like open Spotify and like listen while I walk. And I'm fine with that. But for people who want additional context, there's so much communication that you are able to, to give to one another when you can look people in the eye. Yeah. When you can see people and, and maybe the things that they aren't saying because their body language is telling you a different part. So sure. that's a lot of times people go, oh, you asked the questions that I was thinking and you ask it. I was like, because I, just like you, I'm watching this person unfold in front of me and watching their body language and watching their, their shoulders drop and their eyes shift 
And, right. and you kind of just go, is there something else there? And one of the pieces I love to offer people when, when they do interviews is say, let people talk and then like pause and dare to endure the silence for a second, because usually what's going to come out next is magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Gosh, that's such an understated. I, I, I don't even want to call it like a trick. It's just like conversation tool you know silence <laughs> definitely definitely a tool uh, yeah I don't yeah trick maybe is not nice because then it feels kind of like right. you're trying to like sneak up on somebody yeah, or something yeah, but yeah. It, it's, it's that moment to like pause and like be with yourself and like really pick your words I feel like and if you give people that room they, they will share a deeper truth well, now after hearing that, I, I can definitely see why you chose LinkedIn Live. It almost seems to like align with the ethos of career conversations itself. <laughs> you know, it's a medium to match the content. Exactly. You get it. I'm like glad I explained it because people sometimes are like, why are you doing it? And I'm just like, well, <laughs> this is part of it. But also I think that it very much matches the ethos, but it's also like, the opportunity for me to go, okay, here's the person who's X space in their career. It's a great way for them to build visibility. So it's, it's also great PR for like sure. simplicity sake. Yeah. People on the show, whether they're company owners and they sell hair care products or they are mid-senior level and looking to find a senior level position and talk about their aspirations. Like this is a space where we can have those conversations very casual. And just really for people, a lot of the people that come on my show are also very open to mentoring. And that's one of the things I love most about the show is that I've had so many people come and say, I called so-and-so after the fact and we got in touch and there are relationships that are born as a result of that. And not necessarily just job connections, but like lifelong friends and things that people have made. And so that to me is the gift as I talk about my pillars for my own life and success relationships is, is really important to me with not just my own, but like, how can I connect people? Right. So then tell me about some of the things that you've learned through these conversations. I know you've given a few examples, but have there been any like major aha moments that you've had while doing interviews? Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. Some of my biggest ahas are actually the, the backstage conversations. Of <laughs> the course. After the, yeah. The, after yeah. the interview is over <laughs> and the recording is off. What is it that people say to me that sticks with me? Like that, those are really the biggest sticking moments. I've even like yeah. shared a few of them with friends and they're like, girl, you should keep the camera rolling and you should set up a Patreon and like let people see behind the scenes. And I was like, they won't you know, say that stuff if they're on camera. It just doesn't happen literally that but also I really believe in the sacredness of trust with people and not necessarily like throwing everybody under the bus or attaching them to things some things are really just for us you know it's it's, it's me and you in this space and we are sharing space and thoughts and energy and let's respect that and honor for what it is but some of the things that that have stuck with me at one woman who was on the show at backstage stage we're talking she was like you know someone told her you know your vocation isn't necessarily your profession and that Mm. really stuck with me because I have definitely been a person to really grapple with that like I was like okay I graduated I got this degree I finished magna cum laude I've done all these internships like I literally went to a career fair my senior year 
and handed a person my resume, he looked at it and said, so how long are you going to work for me? Six months and then start your own company. Like that kind of ambition mm. um, is what I put into it. So to, to graduate and find the piece of job and mortgage, there's no opportunity for permanent hire where I worked three different positions over the 11 month contract in two different offices. It was devastating. And so for me, I felt like I failed because I had this very particular vision about what my career would look like and who I would become. And what I had to realize is that I could still be who I am and become what it is I desire, divorced from the career and the job title and who pays me. And in fact, I get so much joy doing career conversations. I'm not sure I want to monetize it. Like that's been a huge like kind of conversation amongst friends. It's like, oh, we should do this and make money. I was like, Maybe I need some shifting about my belief systems around money to be okay with that. But right now, like I really am just absorbing the joy that I get from doing that. Um, I can totally relate to that. Just like absorbing- you could not pay me enough to <laughs> to make it worth taking money for the podcast. There would be no amount of money that would make it worth it. <laughs> right, like- because... This is a space where I get to show up completely as myself and to hold space for other people. I just love it. Yeah. But some lessons that I have learned from people, other guests. Miss Mickey is also one of my favorite guests. She was one of the early guests on my show. She was retired, but that was the gift in that I talk about career and we always talk about the middle of things. You know, how am I getting this promotion? How am I showing up for this networking event or whatever it is? Like, but we don't talk about the end game and retirement is a part of the career conversation. So she really shifted my perspective on what careers could look like and that just because we retire doesn't mean we got to sit on the beach with an umbrella and kind of check out on life. She is making art. She's a travel agent. She is just like a, a phenomenal person to know her energy is like on 10. And I, I mean that in like a good way. Like she, you think sometimes of retirees, you think, oh, they're slowing down. Like there, there's no slowing down. She is well-connected, always introducing me to people even now. So like she has been a huge resource to keep career conversations going and a huge source of encouragement. Like I remember when I got started, I think she was maybe my third or fourth interview and things went completely sideways. Like LinkedIn live wasn't working. Her, you know, phone connection was shaky. So we're back and forth texting and calling in. I'm like live on LinkedIn and I'm explaining to people like, look, I'm having technical difficulties. I'll be back in 15 minutes, 15 minutes turned into an hour and it was her influence in this particular moment that I carry with me every episode when things go completely haywire. So I can hear her voice in my head and she says to me, like, it's okay, baby, like, keep going. You're going to figure it out. Like, but it was that level of encouragement and that calm that I think was like a huge influence in my success moving forward, if, if I got to be honest, because I had had several other episodes where things went sideways. This was my breaking point because when I started career conversations, I set the bar very low. I said, I'm going to just do three episodes. Yeah. I said, if I don't love it or hate it, if I'm ambivalent about it, I'll do 10. And after 10, I'll decide. And here we are celebrating a year later. I've got more interviews lined up this month than I've had in a long time. Like things are going very well and I don't really have any plans to stop. I'm so glad to hear that. If you wanted our listeners to take away one thing from you or from career conversations, what would that be? I want people to come away with a sense that they are worthy and their dreams are possible. Hmm. Like that's what I want my presence to mean when I show up. Oh, that's powerful. That's good stuff right there. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thank you. All right. And if our listeners want to know more about you or about career conversations, where should I direct them? Uh, UnikaWalcott.com. That's U-N-I-Q-U-E-K-A-W-A-L-C-O-T-T.com. I know that's funny. People go, why your name? I was like, because if you can't spell my name, we probably shouldn't get together. Like that's a low bar. Like it's all LinkedIn and there's a few other places. And I mean, I've got a phone, I've got an email. I'm totally happy to chat with people. Uh, I love getting to know folks. And if there's things I can do to help you connect you to the right people, let me know. Perfect. All right, Marketeers, that is a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer Podcast. If you haven't checked out Career Conversations, I would highly encourage you to do so. Again, it's on LinkedIn Live. And thank you once again to Unika for joining me. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every other Wednesday. Chat soon.